The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So, let's get the basic details. Let's start with Nancy Fallon, tax partner at KPMG, because I think most people look to the budget to see how their personal take-home pay is going to be impacted by the new measures. Are most people going to be better off or worse off as a result of what's announced today? Yeah, I think definitely people will feel a little bit more money in their pocket after the announcements today. It's the question is as to whether it'll stay there very long or whether it'll end up by being taken up by, I suppose, the the inflationary cost pressures that everyone is facing at the moment. So, um, again, looking at the tax uh, package, a very significant tax package, again, of net 1.1 billion. Um, And if we look at that against how that's been split out towards the income tax rate bans and credits, we've seen an, an increase in the standard rate tax band of 2000 that's essentially the level of income at which taxpayers start to pay tax at 40% so that's gone up to 42000 we've also seen an increase on the main uh, tax credits so the PAYE tax credit the earned tax credit the personal tax credit um, of 100 euros and then an increase of 200 euros on the um, incapacitated child tax credit so again uh, positives on each of those and then slight tweaks to the USC is well. So in line with the increase in the minimum wage, we've seen the ceiling for the 2% rate increase uh, from 22,920 to just over 25,000. And we've also seen a reduction of 0.5% on the rate of USC from 45 to 4% in relation to income from 25,761 to just over 70,000. So that will have a very significant impact um, across a, a number of taxpayers. But all in all, those amount to about a change of 767 euros or so. Nancy, in relation to the USC, we've had a lot of listeners getting in contact with us over the last year in relation to that. It seems to annoy them enormously, but if all we're getting is a reduction in the 4.5% rate to 4% at a time when the government is running enormous surpluses, does that confirm that what was meant to be an emergency or a temporary tax is now very much embedded, that we're stuck with it, we'll have it for nearly all time? Yeah, it, it certainly seems that it it is here with us for a while. That said, the government did release a review of personal taxation this year and they are undertaking, or sorry, on budget day today, and they are undertaking a review of personal taxation. And I suppose it's within that scope of the review that we might see USC being addressed. But certainly with the changes here today, you, you might think that it is here for a while. And the income tax changes announced, will they compensate for the increased cost of living as measured over the last year by inflation? I think they, they they probably will compensate. Whether they will compensate in full is another matter, but I suppose there are some other changes that are coming in to assist in terms of the energy support uh, to help those dealing with those very high and increased costs of living. Just give us a little bit of an example. We Each household received €600 Euro in three payments last winter and spring to help against the exceptional rise in the price of electricity and home heating. What's in this year's budget? Well, unfortunately, it's not quite at the same level. It's uh, €450, so 150 over three payments, one before and in December, before Christmas, and then two following into the new year. So not quite at the same level, but then equally, I think we have seen a moderating of uh, home heating prices. So I think that probably reflects that they have come down somewhat. And what about the if forecast or the anticipated increase in excise duties on motor fuel 
due to come in at the end of this month. Yeah, that's right. So we had expected an increase or probably the best way to say it is a reinstatement of the excise duties that had been cut in 2022 in the context of the cost of living measures. And the Minister today has confirmed that he will not seek to increase that by the end of October. So he will instead increase it on a phased basis across next year. So two increases um, in 2024. That said, there will be an increase in the carbon tax. So we know that that was already baked in from a number of years ago that the carbon tax would go up and that will go up from um, this evening. So it'll be an extra €1.28 and an average fill of petrol and €1.48 and an average fill of diesel. So, yes, the excise duties have been, reinstatement have been held, but the carbon tax will go ahead. Another listener is into 0874100102 asking, any help with high interest rate mortgages? Yeah, so I think there is a a helpful uh, relief which has been introduced um, for mortgage, uh, for I suppose people who are on mortgages and are impacted by the tracker or variable rate changes that we have seen come in as the ECB rate increases. So this is what the Minister has called a a temporary measure, which will look at essentially looking at people who have increased rates or increased interest rates as a result of those changes in ECB rates. It's a capped relief, so it will be capped at 1,250 a year. Um, And it was essentially looked and asked those to look at their mortgage payments in the prior year and look to see if they have increased and where they have increased a relief of 20% of that increase may be available. So um, the devil will be in the detail when it comes out, but uh, it, it will have certain limitations. So essentially it will be limited to mortgages that are between 80,000 and 500,000 as well. And unlike the mortgage relief of old, where the bank would apply it, this will require the taxpayer to go to revenue and submit, submit certain documents in order to claim it. So a little bit more in main, unfortunately, on that side in order to get that relief. Let's bring in Ian Guider, who of course is our daily business commentator here on The Last Word. And this is another one of these government initiatives which requires the taxpayer, in this case the individual rather than the company, to provide a lot of paperwork. Has the experience been that when you do that, that a lot of people simply don't take up what's available to them? When you look at a lot of these measures where people have to claim off revenue, you find that not a lot of people actually do in the end because the Minister gave out an example with the renter's credit over the last couple of years, which people could claim of €500. Apparently, a lot of people didn't even bother applying for it, even though they were entitled to it. So that just gives you an example of how difficult these schemes are to administer. He did say that over the next couple of months, the Revenue Commissioners and the government will be launching a information campaign to make people aware of all of the various credits that they can claim, but the experience is people don't want to jump through hoops for whatever reason it is, and therefore the money which people are entitled to doesn't actually get down that far. And I could also imagine, Matt, there's an awful lot of people looking at that mortgage interest relief and saying, well, hang on a moment, I'm due to come off my fixed rate in the next couple of months earlier on next year. What about me? Can I claim? Because my fixed rate a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, was quite low, but after the European Central Bank hikes rates, I'm now facing a big, big increase in my monthly repayments and I can't claim this. And the government will face this challenge over the next couple of years. They say it's a one-off measure. It's going to cost about £120 over the space of 12 months. But interest rates are going to be at the rates they are right now for years to come. And Ian, there's also people who are on fixed rates who are getting in touch with us saying, hold on a second, 
we did the right thing by fixing. We're not getting compensation for the interest we've paid. People who didn't take the advice that they got on the radio or read in newspapers to fix are now being compensated for not doing anything. Yeah, and this goes to the problem that the government are just desperate to avoid widespread introduction of mortgage interest relief because in the years when we had it for everybody, it cost the guts of a billion euros. So you can see why the government don't want to be locked into this because of the cost of it, not just for one year, but potentially for so much longer. Let's bring in Daniel McConnell, the editor of the Business Post as well. Politically, Daniel, what is this budget likely, if anything, to achieve for the government? It's very difficult to say, Matt, but you know, they've certainly gone with an awful lot of firepower. Um, they had been talking down the scale of the particular one-off measures in the run-up to this, and both Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue had been certainly preaching the language of prudence, but I mean, this is a significant budget, all in told it's a €14 billion Euro budget. Um, it's a giveaway by any stretch of the imagination, and you know, you're looking at <coughs> Pierce Doherty and Rose Conway Walsh having to get up and try and oppose it, so, you know, very difficult to oppose a budget when you're literally giving something to everybody in the audience. Um, I've never seen in all of my time covering politics I've ever seen a giveaway budget actually reward a government a sitting government but yet the temptation is always there to give a, to do a giveaway budget and you know the, the context of next year's elections cannot be ignored we have local and European elections in May and June and we have uh, we have the, the, the I suppose the increased possibility of a general election next autumn there may be one more budget to come before that before that general election but definitely Michael McGrath and Pascal who had an eye not only on their own back benches and keeping them on side, but in, in terms of keeping the electorate sweet, um, I think you know this government. And Sorry, Daniel. Though last last year there was about eleven billion plus in the budget between spending increases and tax measures, and when it came to the subsequent opinion polls, it did diddly squat for the government. Is it likely, despite having spent such a massive amount of money in this budget, to find that it gets no real benefit out of it because? People want more or they think that what they're getting is spread so thinly that it's only a catch-up. It's the age-old problem, Matt, of when the government tries to give something to everybody, it's, the money is end up being spread so thin or so thinly that people don't really notice the difference. Whereas I think there's been a, there's been a school of thought, and I would have been amongst this uh, kind of body of people saying that they should have committed their resources to doing something very big, like abolish the USC, like increase the entry point, as Ian was talking to me before we came on air, you know, increase the entry point to the top rate of tax to €50,000 rather than just, you know, kind of tinker it here and there. The danger is when you spread the money so thinly, nobody feels, any, you know, nobody feels anything. And polit- from a political standpoint, you know, what are the legacy, lasting legacies of last year's budget? One measure really stuck out for an awful lot of people. It was the one that they did get a bit of uh, kudos from the public. What well, it was the free school books at, at primary school level, but you know that was a relatively small spend in the grander scheme of things. And sorry, that's now been extended to up as far as junior cert, yeah, and secondary school, yeah. which makes you wonder why not go all the way to leaving cert. Well, Norma Foley had wanted to go all the way into <laughs> leaving cert, but obviously, you know, the, the the amount of money that was there for, I suppose, additional measures, permanent new measures, was limited enough. So you're seeing an awful lot of money being given to these temporary one-off measures, like, you know, the, the energy credits um, and, and, and so on. But it's it, where they had far less wiggle room were, were the permanent increases in spending. And I think Norma Foley had to cut her cloth and take what she could get in terms of, of going on as far as the junior should. I think I think probably next year you will look 
and you will see in next year's budget that, 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 that scheme being extended all the way out through second level. The danger is, I suppose, Matt, you, you know, the Irish people, I suppose, have been... I think the scars of the financial crash still loom large in terms of those very austere cuts that happened between the years of 2008 and 2013 when the austerity era came to an end. You know, those scars still still linger and, you know, that level of trust or distrust around government, you know, they, they don't really believe, you know, government promises. And I, as I said, no government I've ever seen despite giveaway budgets, uh, have ever really reaped the benefits of uh, you know those giveaway budgets. They may have worked 90, in the 1990s or in times gone by when the public and the people weren't used to big spending budgets, um, but they seem to really don't. I was listening to Gary Murphy on the radio this morning and he made a very, he made a very uh, uh, I suppose, salient point on this, is that um, you know the public's remembrances of budgets these days, because they're so well leaked in advance, you know, it, you know, the kind of they're already they're already kind of baked in come budget day, so you know there really is no political benefit to all of this. So um, I I can't see this budget changing the dial politically. Sinn Fein are still dominating the political uh, uh, you know the landscape in terms of their their polling, roughly. Uh, at the same level as the combined support of Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil there, thereabouts, depending on what poll you're, you're, you're looking at. But nothing in this budget, in my view, will change the dial in terms of the housing crisis, doesn't change the, the dial in terms of the health sector. Again, we know that Stephen Donnelly basically got no extra money for new new initiatives because of the, the scale of the overrun. So this is a status quo budget, notwithstanding the huge amount of spending that we're seeing. Okay. Uh, a listener here says, the Minister gave £50 million for free school books last year but took away the €50 million euro in IT supports for schools at the same time, robbing Peter to pay Paul. I know Minister Norma Foley is with us on tomorrow's programme, so I'll be sure to ask her about that. We're getting lots of questions in in relation to things like benefit and kind on cars and child benefit as well. So we'll get to that when we come back after this break. OK, we are going back to our budget special. We have Daniel McConnell and Ian Guider from the Business Post with us. But first, Nancy Fallon, a tax partner in KPMG. Uh, can I ask you please about lenter, rent, renters excuse me, and landlords? What is, we've talked about mortgage benefits earlier. What's been done for landlords and renters? Yeah, so there was positive news for both. Um, probably positive news, but not a very significant amount in terms of the money in their pocket. But um, the rent tax credit that was reintroduced last year was at a level of €500, Euros, and that has now been increased to €750. Euros. Equally, the I suppose the scope has been extended to include parents who are paying for a digs type of accommodation for their children who are going to college and that's been retrospectively applied so it'll it'll also apply in relation to the past year so i think that will be helpful in terms of giving some some, I suppose, give back in terms of reducing the amount of cost for renting. But I suspect if you look at it and if you are claiming it, it's probably less than even a month's rent. So it probably won't do too much in reducing the cost of rent for those that are renting. Ian, is there anything in the budget at all about VAT, given that VAT rates have caused so much political division and commentary in recent years? Well, there was going to be a big change coming up in the next couple of weeks in which the reduced VAT rate on gas and electricity bills of 9% was going to expire and would return to the higher rate. But the government have said, look, recognising the fact that electricity and gas prices haven't come down as much as they hoped and that bills heading into the winter will be a lot higher, obviously, as people turn on their central heating, that they are keeping that reduced VAT rate of 9% on electricity and gas bills. That's going to cost them around 300 
hundred million euro, and they are saying that look, on top of the four hundred and fifty euro in energy credits that are on the way between now and next April, this should cushion people over any over the, the winter months where you could see bills go up. The only big change on VAT, Matt, for anybody who's got a book coming out, they produce the VAT on audiobooks to zero to bring it into line with printed books. That's good news indeed. <laughs> uh, back to you, Nancy. Uh, some listeners want to know about benefit and kind. I presume this is on things like their company cars, because there was a lot of controversy, wasn't there, about company-supplied cars last year? Yeah, right, there was. And I, I, I suppose that the, the, the calculations of benefit and kind changed in Finance Act 2022, so hitting 2023. And I suppose they were changed to bring in the, a factor in relation to the CO2 emissions. So the intention and the objective was to essentially have a greener fleet of cars that are used, being used by companies. But I think it, it did create an, an element of complication in relation to the calculation and also did result in very significant increases in the benefit and kind charges that were arising to those that did have company cars. So there was a, a temporary amendment to essentially bring in a, a 10,000 reduction in the open market value of the car when you're trying to calculate the benefit and kind cost. And there was also some tapering around um, the mileage allowance. So that essentially has now been legislated for or will be legislated for in the budget. So it will be extended for another year. So I suppose it, it will help to keep the benefit and kind cost down arising on those cars. Daniel McConnell, we talk about child benefit and childcare, two separate things. First on child benefit, a listener says, what's happening? Does it still cut off at the 18th birthday or is it available when in the 18th year and still in education? That's a big thing for a lot of Leaving Cert uh, students, their parents, uh, Danny, but I didn't hear anything in the speech in relation to that. Yeah, so it's now extended back to, as long as you're in in, prim- in kind of full-time education, it's extended up, up to your eight, the end of your 18th year, so that, that's a change. In terms of the child <coughs> uh, childcare costs, obviously, you know, the government had previously committed to a 50% reduction in childcare costs over two years. Now, obviously, in recent days, we, we had heard that they were not going to get to the full 25% reduction uh, in this coming year just given the, the size of the cost and the level of cost now what they've managed to do is they will get to that 25% cut but not until next September so they're essentially delaying the, the the introduction or the impact of that particular cut I think also as well you know I think they knew they were going to take a hit from the opposition were they to do anything less than a 25% cut so I think their hoping is that by delaying it to September that they can still claim that it's the full cut that they had promised a year or, two, a year or so ago but I think there are an awful lot of people already out in the childcare sector and I know because I've got two in that sector uh, at the moment um, you know you know that the, the, there is a lot of concern about the viability of the sector going forward in terms of the costs that are there we already know that a lot of creches have stopped taking kids under the age of one because they can't afford to, to take them in obviously and that has its own pressures for working families etc like that so this is an area I think the government are going to have to commit even more funds to next year um, but I think Roderick O'Gorman will walk away from this saying he's done the best that he could but I think he probably could argue quite legitimately he wasn't given the level of support that he probably would have thought he was going to get from okay. his coalition partners. The child benefit rates haven't changed though, have they? No. So the child benefit rates will stay. There had been some talk that they might go up, but they're going to but there is a bonus child benefit payment uh, before Christmas. So that's an additional 140 euro per child. Um, and people were joking, you know, not to be overly personal about it, Michael McGrath who has got seven children of his own is likely to be a major beneficiary <laughs> of that himself. Okay, that's the bonus. There's a lot of bonus payments in and around Christmas and some in the new year aren't there? There certainly are and again it cuts to the one once off and temporary uh, nature of a lot of these um, 
uh, payments, Matt, because of, I suppose, the windfall nature of the additional revenues that the government have at its disposal, they were loath to kind of repeat the mistakes of the past where a lot of these kind of, you know, extra money went into permanent increases and we all had to slash them back in, in 2008 to 2011. So you're seeing a lot of these one-off payments. The danger is, is that we're now into our third in, and now heading into our fourth year of exceptional payments between COVID and now the cost of living crisis. And the danger is temporary measures end up becoming permanent and, and you know, the government is already on, on the hook. It's breached its own spending rules above the 5% rules, but that's on its core package alone. You know, so what people have re- kind of been missing is that, you know, you've had, you know, the core budget package, you have this, this big pot of money on once-off measures, but don't forget there's also another €4 billion Euro on kind of non-core spending. This is relation to COVID, uh, the influx of migrants from Ukraine, yeah. and also the fallout of Brexit. So it's a substantial budget package, um, but there are, you know, kind of a lar- you know, a large and loud soundings coming from the likes of the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council that McGrath and Donoghue are sort of, you know, playing funny funny business with the actual overall well, budget. Well, I will be putting questions to both Michael McGrath and Pascal Donoghue when they both join us in the next hour here on The Last Word. Daniel McConnell of the Business Post, editor of the Business Post, thank you for having me with us. Ian Guider of the Business Post as well and Nancy Fallon of KPMG. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.